0: Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Shiloh. All right. John 316 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have life everlasting. And you know what? The blood that he shed way back on Calvary still works today. The blood still works. Here we go. One, two, three. Look, still, look. Oh yeah, let's sing it again. Go fluck. Oh, it oh, would never lose its hole. Let's sing it one more time, y'all. The blood still works. The blood, the blood. The blood still works. blood. The blood still works. Oh, we will never... Oh, I know it works because he raised me. I know. Raised. Oh, because he saved me. Oh, it fills me. And it heals me. It will never come will never. the blood still Sopranos. I know the But way back on Calvary works for us today. Amen. And that's a reason to give him praise. Come on, Sopranos, one more time. Tell him I know the blood still works.
1: talk for a few minutes from the subject pressing pressing there is great value in finishing what we start one of the great weaknesses among people in the church is inconsistency surely the church must accept its share of the blame for not doing all that it can to inspire and motivate people. But the church is not solely to blame for people's failure to remain loyal and faithful for the cause of Christ. A lot of the inconsistency of people grows out of their own personalities. When one is content in their situation, it's easy to overlook the discontent that exists in the situations of others. That's false satisfaction, which leads to inconsistency. When something is not right, we're willing to do what we can to make it right. But when we're not at peace with ourselves, it's easy to find fault with everything and everybody else. That's false equivalency, which leads to inconsistency. The church is victimized by a lot of personal frustration a lot of people who are disappointed and confused in their own lives who vent their frustration in the church but if you're in a right relationship with Jesus it will show in how you relate in the church if people are accepting Christ if people are being inspired by the worship experience, if people are attending in good numbers, if people are giving, if the church is helping people who need help, if the church is providing services that need to be provided, and yet you're always finding fault, always criticizing, always angry, That's not a reflection on the church. That's a reflection on you. Everybody knows that the church has some faults because the church is made up of people. And people have faults. But I love the hymn that says, He looked beyond my fault and met my need. If we have a right relationship with Jesus, then we ought to be willing to correct the faults. But we ought to do it with love in our hearts. We ought to do it in the spirit of Christ. There's a need in the church for people to be consistent. There is a great need in the church for people to love Jesus and love one another. And when we get to that point, we won't grow tired of doing good. We'll be willing to press. The message of our scripture today is about pressing. It's about not getting tired of doing good the text is a part of paul's letter to the church at galatia it was written around 57 a.d when the galatian church was only about 10 years old the primary purpose of the letter was to encourage the church during a time of trouble there were those in the church who were causing trouble for the church in the name of Jesus. And it reminds us that there are always people in the church who are ready to cause trouble in Jesus' name. We need to be on guard against folk who are ready to keep up confusion in the name of Jesus. There are people who are known to do some terrible things and then justify themselves by saying that they're doing it in the name of Jesus. The church at Galatia was about 10 years old, but it was filled with confusion. Satan was busy and satanic activity had brought confusion into the church. My brothers and sisters, don't ever think that the church is Satan free. There is no such thing as a Satan free church. Satan shows up at church every Sunday and all through the week. And Satan is always looking for somebody that can be used to stir up trouble. The Galatian church was primarily composed of non-Jewish people. But there were some Jews in the church who were telling the non-Jews that they weren't saved because they had not submitted to the Mosaic Covenant. They had not submitted to being circumcised. Now, Jesus had said, whoever believes in me shall not perish, but have eternal life. But these Jews were saying, no, there's more to it than that. If you haven't had the same experience we have had, then you aren't saved. In other words, they were putting their way ahead of God's way. Church, there's always somebody who's putting their way ahead of God's way. It was true then, and it's true now. But let me remind you that when it comes to Christ and his church, there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Even before Jesus, Scripture cautioned us against ways that look good but offer no satisfaction. The writer of Proverbs said, there is a way that seems right to us. But the end of that way leads to death. These Jewish Christians were causing trouble in the Galatian church. But Paul knew that this church was a good church. He knew that the vast majority of the people in the church were trying to do what was right. And Paul knew how discouraging it was when you're trying to do good and there's somebody there who's trying to cause trouble. And so Paul writes a word of encouragement to this church. He tells them in so many words, don't let Satan take control of the church. You may not be able to keep Satan out of the church, but you can work to keep Satan from having control in the church. You've done well. You've made a lot of progress, but don't get tired of doing well. Well. At the right time, you will harvest a good crop if you don't give up or quit. Church, there's a message here for us. There's a message here for Shiloh. We've come a long way. The Lord has blessed us to do a lot of great things, but there are those in our midst who have nothing to offer but criticism. There are those who would have you believe that everything is wrong and nothing is right. But I stopped by on my way to heaven to encourage you to not grow tired Of well-doing. At the right time you will harvest a good crop if you don't give up or quit. What points can we draw from this text that may be helpful to us? First this word encourages us to press on as African American Christians. We have to note that the situation in Galatia had racial and cultural overtones. The ones causing the problems in the church were the Jews. By virtue of their race and culture, they thought they had a monopoly on righteousness. They thought they had a monopoly on knowledge. They had come from a different background. They had a different experience. And because this was so, they thought they were better than the non-Jews. They essentially said to the non-Jews, unless you come our way, you may be in the church, but you can't be saved. Shiloh, there's nothing new under the sun. In the year of our Lord, 2019, there are still folk who are trying to demean and diminish us by virtue of our race. Some of them try to use heaven as a prop to diminish race. I tire of hearing These white pastors of mixed congregations say that this is the way that it's going to be in heaven. It's an ignorant statement that shows they don't know anything about heaven. Jesus said flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's a patronizing statement designed to intimate that there's nothing wrong with black people rejecting black leadership because race is just a matter of color and that's a lie from the pit of hell let me be clear while there may not be race and culture in heaven we still have to deal with race and culture here on earth and the role of the African-American church is as pivotal today as it has ever been and shame on those African-Americans who have forgotten that the Lord has brought us a long way through the African-American church we've come from slavery and from sharecropping. We've come from Jim Crow and the back of the bus. We've come from lynching and not being able to vote. Right now, we're dealing with mass incarceration and racial profiling and gerrymandering and redlining and gentrification and disparities in government contracts, and disparities in access to health care, and disparities in educational opportunity, and disparities in housing, and disparities in immediate access to grocery stores. Yet there are those who resent us and ridicule the black church and black leadership. They say that our emphasis is in the wrong place. They say we don't worship right, and we don't teach right. They say to the weak-minded of us, come on over here with us. The same people that voted Donald Trump into office. The same people that bankrupt public schools the same people that send our children to prisons and send their children to rehabilitation facilities, even though they suffer from the same addiction. But African-American churches must press on. We must not get tired of well-doing. God has brought us from a long way. But we still got a long way to go. Then we must press as witnesses of Jesus Christ. And church, don't let anybody stop you from witnessing for Jesus. Before anything else, we must be witnesses for Jesus. People will try to destroy our witness. Don't let them. People will try to discourage our witness. Don't let them. People will try to put doubt in our minds about our witness. Don't let them. Black folk will try to tell us that Jesus is the white folk's God. That's a lie sophisticated folk will try to tell us that we pray too much. That's ridiculous. Critics will say that the church has held us back. That's pure foolishness. I don't know about you, but my testimony about Jesus is that he is all right. Jesus kept food on my table and clothes on my back and a roof over my head. Jesus helped me to raise my children when I was caught up in despair. Jesus helped me to pay my bills when church folk took money out of my pocket. Jesus built a hedge of protection around me and prepared a table before me right in the presence of my enemies. Jesus ain't just my mama's God. He ain't just my daddy's God, but he's my God. And my testimony about Jesus is that he is all right. Well, there's one final thing I want to tell you about pressing. I want you to press until God says, well done. Don't quit until the job is done. God has blessed this church for 147 years. He's blessed us through ups and downs. But we must not quit until God says, well done. Paul says that we must not give up but we will reap a good harvest if we press on. The writer of Hebrews put it this way, seeing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and let us run with patience The race that has been marked out for us. I hear somebody ask, how do you do that? And the writer says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And because Jesus pressed, he's seated at the right hand of God. Shiloh, I don't know about you, but my determination is that I'm going to press on all the way to
2: the end. Sometimes rising, sometimes falling, sometimes laughing, sometimes crying, sometimes with folk all around me, sometimes I'll be all by myself. But whatever state I find myself in, I'm gonna press for Jesus. I'm gonna press for the gospel. I'm gonna press for righteousness. I'm gonna press for holiness. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher, 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 higher ground. Lift me up. Let me stand. By faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, 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 Lord. Lord, Lord.
1: of God's church are open.